Welcome to the Dr. Wayne Dyer Radio Podcast. Discover the wisdom and remarkable insights of Dr. Dyer, world-renowned spiritual teacher and foremost authority on how the power of your mind creates your world. Well, we're just getting a bunch of calls up here on the board, but I wanted to ask you a question real quick before we went to the calls. And I want to invite all the listeners, too, to check out HealYourLife.com, the new website that we've launched here at Hay House. And uh, you've got some incredible articles on there, and I really enjoyed the one that's up there right now. It says, Turn Down the Noise, Spirituality of Silence. And Mm. I was kind of working with this myself this weekend, um, trying to do walking meditation and really just quiet my mind. And and when you kind of tune in and realize how much junk and stuff is kind of, you know, circulating around in there, silence, uh, you know, really is golden. And some people have a hard time um, sitting in silence. Well, the the whole thing, Herman Melville said that God's one and only voice is silence. I've often said, I wrote a book about this called uh, Getting in the Gap, uh, teaching people how to meditate and giving them, you know, actually a CD with my voice guiding them through it, through an ancient uh, practice called Japa. But the the problem with with most people is that, uh, you know, Pascal said that all of man's troubles stem from his inability to sit quietly in a room alone. If you want to make conscious contact with your source, if you want to know what it feels like to be God-realized, the only place you can ever do that is in, in silence, in the void, because that's where all creation comes from. It comes out of the void. So just just the idea of practicing it. And one of the ways you can practice is you can turn the radio down. Uh, you can uh, you know turn the television set off. You can stop uh, the constant chatter. You can give yourself an hour a day of just, just to be in silence um, and to just sit. And even if, you're, if your mind is a monkey mind, which is a mind that goes from one vine to the other, one thought to the other, back and forth, back and forth. Eventually, if you can just slow down the amount of time between uh, between your thoughts, even uh, even if you do it, um, you know, just a few seconds at a time, uh, getting into that void can bring you an enormous amount of peace. Not just peace, but it can help you to manifest the things you want for yourself in your life. All creation. Well, it, w- it was interesting. Um, you know, I was working with that this weekend and just really realizing how much I am surrounded with noise and and how many things you know, kind of going through your head. And then I clicked onto the website today and I read that article. It seemed, it just seemed really uh, perfect. <laughs> very, well, very synchronistic. I'm glad they put it up. There. I didn't even know they had done that. Of course, I don't, I don't have a computer these days or any days. Yeah. So I don't, I don't do those things, but I'm glad they're putting that out. There. I remember when I wrote that. Yes. Yes. And I, I tried again mm-hmm. this morning. I drove to work in absolute silence on my commute without the radio. Usually I'm listening to NPR, the news or something. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's interesting the first uh, couple of minutes or so you're kind of uncomfortable, but then, uh, you know, the silence is just really so soothing and and healing. I think it's really valuable for people to kind of tune into that and just realize how much noise that we are bombarded with on a daily basis. You actually start to crave the silence after a while. It's like anything else. When you start getting used to it now, um, I never turn the radio on in my car ever or, or put in CDs. And and then I used to do it all the time. I was always listening to to things, but now in in those moments that I have in my car, because I'm not in my car very much. Uh, but, uh, uh, even the 15 or 20 minutes a day that I am in there, I, I treasure those moments of silence and look forward to them. Of course, uh, when my kids use my car, there's always, uh, there's, you know, as soon as I get into the car, I get something. You're blasted at <laughs> the radio. But it's easy to hit the off button. <laughs> yes, yeah, so true. I just wanted to point that out because I really thought that uh, it was just a great article and just something that I was uh, kind of challenging myself with over the weekend. So I urge everybody mm. to give it a read and maybe work on some silence uh, bringing a little bit into your life yourself. It's really mm. valuable. So calls are coming in. We've got about eight minutes left of this segment. So if you like taking a few. 
Sure. Let's do it. Uh, Janet, line two, uh, calling from Phoenix. And thanks for calling in, Janet. And you're on with Dr. Wayne Dyer today. Hello. Hi, Janet. Hi, Dr. Dyer. Thank you for taking my call. And my prayers go out to you. Thank you. I'll take all of those that I can get. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I'm calling. My question is about my direction in life. Uh, After, I feel like I'm a positive person, but uh, I've really been listening to a lot of Hay House material and meditating and actually putting my career aside. And um, I feel a bit lost in my direction. The, 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 you've used the word direction twice, and, and I like that word. I talked about it a lot this weekend. I, I always tell people that it, it isn't where you are that matters. It's what direction you're headed in. And I think that's true in virtually everything. It's like for people who've been overweight for a long period of time, I ask them the question, is, is not are you overweight now, but what direction are you headed in? For people who are struggling with addictions in their life, uh, it's not whether you're uh, addicted now uh, and you're still smoking, you're still drinking or doing drugs or whatever it is, but uh, what direction are you headed in? Where is your mind? What kind of thoughts do you have? Are are your thoughts on uh, returning to your source, returning home, uh, feeling a sense of fulfillment, uh, feeling like you're, you're having more meaning in your life? Or are you stuck? Are you going back in the other direction? It sounds to me like your your directionality is uh, is not headed in where you would like it to be. Is that right? Well, I have made advances as far as my mental. Um, like if I look back six months ago, but as far as my career and who I am in life, I feel like I have not made an advancement. Well, let me help you with that. I can tell you who you are. (laughs) (laughs) Who you are is a divine piece of God, all right, and uh, and, an infinite soul. Um, Who you are has nothing to do with your career. It has nothing to do with how much you have. It has nothing to do with uh, what your name is or what you've accumulated or what you've accomplished. Uh, It has to do with, um, you know, how close are you to your source of being because that's... You know, that's what you are, that's who you are, uh, you know, here in this world. And you are not a human doing, you know, so you don't have to do, 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 get a, get a getting, thing done all, getting, <clears throat> getting things done all the time. You're a human being. Um, and if you're in a, sp- in a place of peace and you're a place of love and you're extending love outward and, uh, and, and practicing service and living what, uh, what Lao Tzu called the four, the cardinal virtues, that is having reverence for all of life, uh, you're a sincere, honest person, you're kind and gentle, and you're in service in some way to someone else, um, you're fulfilling your dharma. Uh, the, the details don't make all that much difference. But we can go into the details for a few moments. I mean, what was your career? And uh, that, that word came up, that's come up two or three times with you as well. Um, I was selling cosmetics. Mm-hmm. But and what all, is of your... those, all of those things that you said, you know, um, as who I am, as long as you're being mm-hmm. peaceful and loving. I love, I feel like, yes, I am all of that. Mm. But it's except for one, and it's being service to others. I don't mm-hmm. feel that um, that part of my life is fulfilling. Mm-hmm. Is that something you would like to do more? I think I would. Yeah. 
because you'll never find meaning in life, and meaning is the great hunger. Um, there's, you know, we have different kinds of uh, hungers in our life. You know, the hunger for food, you know, the hunger for recognition, and so on. But the great, the great hunger, the big hunger, is the hunger for a sense of meaning. And you, you, you just never find that in a, in, uh, in, in thinking about yourself and worrying about how much money you're making and so on. That, that will never give you the, take care of that big hunger, that big, that big desire. I can tell you, for example, in my own life, that the, this hour that I spend talking to people all over the world, um, I don't get paid for it. I don't. It's not. There's nothing uh, about it that has anything to do with my career. It's a voluntary thing that I just love to do. But every at the end of this hour, every single week, I I have probably the the, the best internal feeling, because I know that uh, you know even though I'm sitting here in a, in, in my little studio here in in, uh, in Hawaii. And people are out there all over the world, uh, and there are, and there are thousands and thousands of them listening as well. Um, I know that I'm impacting people and touching people's lives, and it's that it's that feeling that gives me the the, the sense of meaning, a, a sense of a purpose. I just spent an entire weekend talking to four, five, almost five hundred people from all over the world, um, and those and there were people's lives who were dramatically touched and changed. And, in fact, I did a thing on just sh sugar and the amount of sugar that people consume, uh, and uh, lots of people overweight in our country, and and uh, and also suffering from sugar blues and depression and so on. And we did a thing on sugar in the yesterday morning for about a half an hour, just look, looking at uh, reducing the amount of sugar going into your body, which I have been doing for the last six months or so. Mm -hmm. um, the next morning, I asked how many people here, uh, by a show of hands, how many people did something about their sugar intake between yesterday and today and made some commitments. Virtually every hand in the room went up. Um, I, I, I just, I was. There's a Yiddish expression that's called quelling. It's from quelling, and it's like it's like having it's like having a, a a warm shower running inside of you. That's like that's that wonderful goose flesh that you get when you know you've really impacted people. And we recorded it, and it'll be put out there, and and we can help people deal with these chronic issues of uh, of obesity and overweightedness and depression and so on that are caused by by the, the foods that we eat. In other words, what I'm saying is that I always feel a sense of a great sense of meaning when I know that what I'm doing is impacting other people. When I'm just focused on myself and what's in it for me and uh, and how much am I making and how well are my books doing or whatever it is, um, it, the, the the great sense of meaning doesn't isn't there. And that's what I would recommend to you. I know we're you know didn't get into specifics here, but. Uh, that's where I would look. And can you see how that would be relevant for yourself? Yes, it's a matter of shifting my attitude about anything that I do. Mm. Yeah, because the mantra, the inner mantra of the ego, which is what we're talking about here, is more, more, more. How, how, how much can I get? Mm -hmm. The inner mantra of the higher self, the highest place within you, um, is how may I serve? Mm -hmm. How may I serve? How, how, and, and that's what I would ask in my, in my quiet time, in my meditations. I would ask that question, how may I serve? And then want the peace that you want for yourself. Want the success you want for yourself. Want it, want it more for somebody else out there mm -hmm. than you want it for yourself. And go out and, and start acting on that. And the ironic part of that that you'll find is that the things that you were chasing after start arriving in your life in bigger and bigger numbers. It has for me. I make more money now than I than I ever made in my life, and I'm less attached to it. It doesn't it doesn't mean that much to me any longer because I'm not focused on it. 
And Dr. Dyer, taking your calls right now, we've got some really interesting people up here on the board. And uh, this one call, I'd like to see what you had to say to her on line six. Let's go to Anna uh, calling from California on line six. And welcome to the show. You're on with Dr. Wayne Dyer today. Hi, Dr. Dyer. How are you? Hi. I'm great. How are you, Anna? Oh, I'm doing great. It's truly an honor to talk to you. You have been very instrumental in transforming my life, and um, uh, especially I want to thank you for Spiritual Solution to Every Problem. That's actually mm. the book that kind of, um, you know, turned everything around. And for Wisdom of the Ages, I truly go back to that book over and over um, with things in my life. So thank you very, very much. You're very welcome. Uh, my I, question I to you is uh, I just wanted to hear your take on grieving for, uh, you know, loved one who's um, departed. My father just passed away two months ago. And mm-hmm. how do you, um, you know, get unstuck from that, uh, from that grief to really uh, find new meaning in your life and new, um, you know, a, a new, uh, basically everything changes how you view things. And, and how do you, um, I just wanted to know what your take was on that uh, whole grieving and um, and spirituality with with the deceased um, loved one. Right. Yeah. Um, the what is the grieving about? Uh, what are you grieving? What are you grieving for? For um, you know, uh, two things. Mainly, my grieving is: um, will I ever reconnect with him? He was very special to me. Um, the answer to that is yes. Yes. For sure. Yeah, well, yes, if you believe that it is. I, I do, uh, I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, and then the other thing is just the not having them around and also, right. um, you know, seeing them and, and just uh, uh, mainly for he had just retired, and so he had so many uh, things to accomplish. He worked very, very hard, and so mm-hmm. um, I felt that he was kind of cheated out of some great years uh, for him and my mother. So um, it's mm. mainly for him. I just felt that he um, really uh, could have used some traveling and, and a lot of the things that he worked very hard, you mm. know, for us kids. And um, so I really agree assu- for him. The assumption, be- the assumption behind all of that is that he's in a worse place than he would have been if he would have stayed. Really, I mean, that's what you're t- saying I, with, yeah, with what you're yes. explaining. So, well, that where he, he is now yeah. is, uh, and because we don't know all about this business called death, mm-hmm. that um, we assume that uh, it's nothingness um, and that it's emptiness and that it's, um, you know, and, and in fact, that's exactly where he came from yeah. um, and where you came from and for where everything in this universe came from. Yeah. Everything comes out of the void. Everything comes out of nothingness. There's nothing in the the world of spirit. There's no, nothing meaning no things. Yeah. Um, and so he came out, you know, T.S. Eliot's wonderful line, we shall not cease from exploration, but at the end of all of our exploring will be to return to the place from which we originated, but to know it for the first time. Wow. Uh, and, and, and so it's like, it's, it's the destiny that your father has taken is the destiny of every Everything that has ever come into the world of the 10,000 things is what Lao Tzu called this material world. It is everything's destiny. It is every plant's destiny. It is every animal's destiny. It is every one of our, it's all of our destiny. So we do you come think he from, could still uh, see us and, and, and know what's going on with us and we could still connect with him spiritual-wise? 
Uh, you know, I, I, I kind of think that. I mean, I, who am I to say that yeah. I would have the answer to the great mysteries? Yeah. But um, I sense that. I mean, I in, in my own meditation, I would ask you to get to learn about meditation. What Diane was talking about, the article that's on there today, right. would be would be very good for you to go because it is only in the silence and it's only in the quiet when you get to that place where you push all of the thoughts out. And when you re- when you reconnect yourself to this source of being, now this source of being, this source, this invisibleness, this invisibleness is in every single one of us. It's in every it's in every single thing. There is a part of you that is that that has no that has no form. It has no beginnings. It has no ends. You can't get a hold of it. I can go inside of your brain right now if you just take your forefinger on your right hand and just point it up to the ceiling. And just hold it there for a second, okay? Just point it up okay. to the ceiling. And now I'm going to ask you to just wiggle your finger. Can you do that? Yeah. You're doing that right now? Okay, yes, so you're I wiggling am. your finger. Now I could go inside of your brain and, and find the command center inside of the, uh, the cortex of your brain and find the command center which allows you to do that. But I'd like you to ask me if I could find with any kind of instrument the commander in the command center that allowed you to have the thought to wiggle your finger just then. That, what what was that? What was that invisibleness, that, uh, that formlessness, right. that boundarylessness that allows you to do that? That same thing, uh, that same invisible intelligence tonight when you go to bed, measure your fingernails. Just see how long they are. And then wake up in the morning or tomorrow morning and, and then uh, measure them again. And you'll see that they're a little bit longer than they were the night before. What grew those fingernails? And what's beating your heart, what's beating your heart right now? And what's digesting the food that you ate this morning? And what thought has allowed you to pick up the telephone and and uh, and turn on your computer and make this telephone call? All of these are these are the great mysteries. Yeah. You know, we we, we just we assume that uh, because it, it's just so natural for us to just uh, move our foot this way or to wiggle our finger that way. That but when you stop and think about the miraculousness of just just that. That's where your father is. Your father—he just isn't encumbered by the com- by the command center any longer. Yeah. He's just take—he's just taken off a, an old coat or an old shoe that's too t- too tight any longer. But the invisibleness that we c- we can't see it now, but and we can't see it before death and we can't see it after death. But we know it's the source of all being. We know that all being come returns to its source, right. and you and you know that there's some kind of creative force in the universe. I mean, how could this universe have ever gotten here? Right. Can you ima- can you imagine a watch without a watchmaker? Can you no. imagine a watch without a watchmaker? Is it possible for you to get, create a watch without a watchmaker? No. How could we have How could we have a universe without a creator? Yeah. And and so we are all part of that creation process. So my logical mind says, of course, death is just a natural part of life, and the the more self-actualized, the more. The more you, more spiritual be, you become as a as as a woman, mm-hmm. the the less concerned you'll be with this whole issue of death because you know that. I mean, how old are you? I'm 37. So, how many bodies have you been in in these 37 years? You, one. I mean, the the essence of you. Not one. You were in a tiny little body that was only 12 pounds. You know, at one oh, time you were yeah. you were in a you were in a 12 year old body. You were in a 21 year old body. You were in a 27 year old body. Right. You're in I'm your, your body. Changing. 
It's dying. The yeah. old is dying and the new is being replaced. It's the nature of the universe. Who you are is continuous. Why do you think it stops? Just because we t we take off this old coat or we take off this old shoe. Of course, your father. And you can wow. make conscious contact with your father. I, I've never even seen my father. I, I grew up in an orphanage. My father walked out on, on us when I was just a baby. And yet, you know what? He guides me all the time right now. And uh, my my uncle Bill left uh, about seven years ago. Uh, anytime I want an answer to anything, my uncle Bill is always there for me. I can just I can see him. I can see his beard. I can see the way that he you know the yeah. way that he lived. And and I ask him, and it's and it's always there. I, you know, I I, I just have a knowing about yeah. being able to you know that that that, that uh, you know the concept of eternity, the concept of infinity. The concept, the concept of forever. Uh, these, these are things. I mean, we're in a universe that never ends. It has right. no beginning. It has no end. Death is right. just, a, it's just an illusion. There's, there's no place for your father to go. He's right there. He's right there, and he's no more far away from you now than if he were sitting there in the same room with you. And if you want him there in the same room with you, go within. Get quiet. Remove all of the boundaries. Remove all of the obstacles. And just communicate and, and, and know and feel his presence, and he will guide you. And he'll even give you little clues that he's there. You'll see it. Ask, yeah. ask, him, to, to ask him to be in a butterfly today. What, 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 uh, what time of the day is it where you are? You're calling uh, California. It's about, it's a, I think it's it's about afternoon. 12 o'clock. Yeah, go, go yeah. out today and just go for a walk and ask for a butterfly to come real close to you. And ask your father to do that, and watch and see if he doesn't do that. I, for some reason, that just came to me today. Yeah. About your, your father, your father can be in, endlessly invisible form in any any number of ways. Ask 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 him to uh, to to show you uh, to eliminate the doubt that you have, and the yeah. grieving will all be gone. The grieving will be gone, and death will be something that you'll be celebrating. And all of your questions and all your grieving is really just about your own ego and wanting wanting something to be the way it isn't. And your father's death w didn't happen uh, at the wrong time, and did, he wasn't cheated out of anything. The moment that you are born, your death is built into it, just like your height and your weight and the size of your uh, shoes and, yeah. and your feet, rather, and the color of your hair. Uh, your birth is in there, and so is your death. At the moment of your conception, it's all in there. As, the, as it says in the Tao, you're not doing anything. You're just being done. Let yourself be done. He died exactly when he was supposed to, and so will you, and so will everyone listening. There are no accidents in this universe. Wow. Thank you very, very much. Have you seen the shift? No, I have not. That's the one thing I've been wanting to see. Well, you're getting a free copy because we're going to send one Thank you very much. And Thanks please, for your call. If you can ever come out to Central California, we'd love to have you out here. I spoke in Fresno a few years Did ago. Did you? But, uh, if yeah. you would but, come back, I would be sure to be there. Right. Well, come to Maui. Maybe I'll be doing it again next year. I want to see okay. you in Maui. All right, sweetheart. Okay, God thank you very you. much, Dr. Dyer. God You're very welcome. You. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's a pretty incredible explanation for a, a question <laughs> that is a pretty big one. <laughs> you know, how do you answer that? Uh, a, I, I just think grieving is a waste of energy. It's a waste of time. I know that uh, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross talked about the grieving process and so on, but... Uh, when you really understand it, when you really get to an understanding that we are not here as human beings having a spiritual experience. We are all spiritual beings having a temporary human experience. When you live from that perspective and that's how you function and that's how you walk in and out of, your, of, of every moment of your life and that's how you see 
the plants and the animal. And we don't grieve because the flower, you know, comes in and then it leaves. Everything comes and everything leaves. All that materializes dematerializes. Right. It just makes so much sense. Yeah. And we have time for maybe another sure. call in this segment if we, Absolutely. Uh, if we sure, hurry we up. Time. So let's mm-hmm. go to, let's see, uh, Diana calling from San Diego on line one, and she's been very patient. Thanks for holding. You're on with Dr. Wayne Dyer. Hi. Thank you for thinking. Thanks for taking my call. I'm kind of nervous. This is the first Are you? Time. Yes. <laughs> well, you better be, because if you don't do this right, you're going to get a very bad grade. <laughs> <laughs> That's how silly that nervousness is, isn't it? Yeah. What's on your mind, beautiful? Um, I just want to know. I'm, I'm kind of nervous, so I'm sorry. That's all right. Um, I just uh, I feel lost career-wise. I feel like I'm not doing nothing with my life. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, um, I just graduated, uh, not just graduated college, I mean, high school, but I didn't go to college or anything, so I because. I haven't done nothing ever since. I mean, I feel like I'm only getting older, and I feel like I have nothing to offer. Are you, are you, um, how old are you? 29. You're 29, and um, would you like to go to college? Um... I think it'd be a good thing, but it's just, I feel like it's not me. Uh-huh. Um, I, I think it's, it is very important to have a degree, at least to, to have something to fall back on, but... What I, about the, forgetting about the degree, the, the degree, and what about the excitement of being in a campus and, and about going to classes and about learning new things and about reading about new areas and examining and par- perhaps even going to new places? What about... Forgetting about the degree and the outcome, detaching yourself from the outcome. What about just the excitement of knowing that you're growing and, and getting stronger and getting better and getting smarter? Uh, you're definitely getting older because um, I don't know I don't know anyone else I don't know anyone out there that isn't. Um, but all of this uh, self-sabotaging, uh, self-flagellation, making you know making yourself unworthy. Uh, over somebody else's standards about, uh, you know, what What do you think you came here to do? Your, all, your only job is to be happy and to help other people. The only way you're going to ever be happy is to reach out, forget about yourself, find meaning. The only way you're going to ever find meaning in your life is by uh, making something bigger than you the important uh, thing in your life. It doesn't make any difference how you do it. I mean, you could go out today, right now, and just walk over to... A, a home where our aged people are living, like where my mother is living, um, and you could just go in there and read to somebody for a half an hour, or just talk to somebody, or take somebody to lunch, um, and um, and and probably feel a great deal of uh, empowerment and meaning, instead of putting yourself down and finding fault with yourself and 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 and, and, and making yourself unworthy. You're the most worthy being on this planet. You're a piece of God. There's no accidents. God doesn't make accidents. Doesn't create. Doesn't make mistakes. You and you are. You you must be like what you came from. You're a piece of the divine. You're a divine piece of God. You're an angel walking around trying to convince yourself that you're a devil and that there's something wrong with you, my dear sweetheart. There's not a thing in this world wrong with you. You're absolutely perfect. Enjoy every day. To find out more about Dr. Wayne Dyer or any other Hay House author, please visit hayhouse.com. Thank you for listening.